the shattering of her world, Yasna caught hold of this fragment. She had seen something tonight, something that should not have been possible. Did it relate to the strange Spren? Her experience in that place of glass beads and dark sky? These questions became her lifeline for stability. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book two, Words of Radiance. This is just a quick spoiler warning for the prologue of book two, Words of Radiance. Oh my God, we're here. We, we got here. Wow. This is really great. Um, so this is a major thing. If, if you haven't caught up to book two yet, go back and read book one. Um, <laughs> so we've got like 44 episodes on book ones. But if you don't want to know a little bit more about the way of Kings, or if you don't really care what our opinions are, and you just really want to get to Words of Radiance, then you can follow along. If you are exactly where you're supposed to be because you're all caught up on every episode, then enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and, you know, he's hired dozens of assassins to keep his family safe. It's Jack. What's up, man? Hey, how you doing? I am so good, dude. Episode one, Words of Radiance. Episode one. We are we are back with another one of those black rocking beats. <laughs> I'm. This is hype, dude. Like, I'm excited. I can't believe we've, uh, yeah, we actually yeah. finished the first season. We actually finished... A book. Yeah, we finished the first yeah. book, man. <laughs> Are you excited or what? I am very excited. Yes, yes. It yes. must have been Chomping nice at the bit. It must have been nice to uh, to be able to open up that book just because you've been probably looking at it oh, forever and yeah. you know. Well, no, actually, I I really tried to keep my distance from it to be honest with you. Right. So I I only like poured over the the cover of it um, about a week or so ago when yeah. when we when I when started we wrapped up. Yeah. Right. So, um, so what do you think about the cover? On, yeah. Tell me about the cover. Well, I, I have a few things to say, um, okay. about the cover. So the cover, um, I believe one second, I think it's this Michael guy. Yeah. It's always the same one guy. Second. Michael Whelan. Michael, Michael Whelan. Yeah. So yeah. wonderful cover. I believe that's Kaladin on the cover. No, I, I'm reading from a paperback version right. of this, uh, of the, book two same cover as i have so right so it looks it looks like kaladin um to me uh rock uh, rock buds are present and he's got his fist down toward the ground mm-hmm. and what i want to draw attention to or what i want to think about is the fact that um there is a rippling effect from the shattering of his fist on the ground. And then up in the sky, you can also see a similar kind of ripple in the clouds. Right. So I'm not, and now on the back of the, of the paperback, as I'm looking at it now, the back, that looks like Zeth to me. Um, yeah, it looks like Zeth on a pile of corpses. (laughs) Right. 
So a little macabre that looks like Zeth to me, but it, I could be wrong. I'm, I mean, it, sure. it looks like Zeth. There, there's literally a dude in a in white <laughs> holding mm-hmm. a sword. So we right. only got we, aesthetically, we only got one guy in white in this whole series. So, so what? So what I want to make is just, I mean, not not really a prediction per se, but <clears throat> I, I, I just with the title "Words of Radiance" and this kind of rippling image on the cover mm-hmm. i just i'm going to be trying to read the tea leaves a bit in terms of this as radiance um resonance uh this rippling kind of effect and i want to see if that ends up becoming a theme or an okay. echo oh you're trying this, to you're trying to point novel. out your uh your wind the- your your book two wind theme here already well eh? it, it 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 could be i mean i don't know i mean I, I i i'm not sure i mean after reading recovering today the prologue yeah so after reading that um i'm not necessarily convinced that that theme was necessarily there although there are a few other little themes that pop up in this prologue by the way right but i think yeah i, I want to consider that that the cover that the way that the rippling um is emanating away from his fist mm-hmm. on the ground, the, the way it's shattering the landscape and the echo in the sky, that there's some kind I, of meaning there. I see I'm, him I'm not... on the cover like that, and I immediately think, and maybe it's because I've been trained like this from, you know, 13 mm. years of superhero movies, but he looks like he's doing a superhero <laughs> yeah. pose, like a superhero yeah, landing pose with his fist down. Yeah. So uh, I yeah. would be careful ascribing too much to any cover of any book because mm. Um, mm. a lot of the time the artist gets to kind of do what they want. And if the right. author likes it, even if it might not be indicative of the series, they they approve it mm-hmm. anyways, right? So right. there's been a long history of. Um, I'm looking at you, R.A. Salvatore, with your old man Drizzt uh, cover. Um, <laughs> there's been a long history of the uh, covers of novels not necessarily matching up with what's actually inside the book. So, um, well, if I if I were to commit the sin of judging a book by its cover. That's what I would infer from this. You know, what's funny is actually I want to judge a book by its cover right now because I have something to show you. I know that you have the paperback. I have the hardcover. I don't know if you can see this on the Discord, but you see how they... something embossed. Yes. Just like the first book, there was an embossing on Way of Kings, and there is an embossing. It is um, a um, glyph of a shard blade. That is very cool. So I don't know if you can see the bottom of it there, I but there's like a little of yeah, a point there. Yeah. So I just wanted to show because I know you don't have this. So so there's well, a nice thanks gold. thanks for uh, putting uh, lemon juice in my paper cuts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Not cool. <laughs> the other thing I want to show you before we get to the prologue is yeah. um, the inside cover picture here, which I don't think you have either, is phenomenal. Ooh. Well, well. I do not. I do not have this. It's one of my favorite of all the pictures we the the uh, Stormlight Archive has. Show me this. Show me this artwork. Oh, Shalon. With her sketch Shalon pad. sitting on the precipice. Yeah. With her sketch pad surrounded by rock buds. There is a tiny little Kremlin there. I don't uh, know if you can see that at the tip of yeah, where she's yeah. sitting. Yeah. Right there. And then she's overlooking the shattered plains. And there's smoke coming from a part, a portion of it there. Yeah. And I think if I zoom in just a little bit here, where my yeah. finger is here, you can see there's like a plateau 
like an outlook plateau there. Is that you a, see that? is that, you see yeah, how there's like a little, is that a, uh, a watchtower? Yeah. It's one of those watchtowers. Yeah. Wow. That's so, yeah. fantastic art. That's great. That's beautiful, great. beautiful art. Yeah. It's one of my favorite pieces mm. for sure. Well, it was, I think it was actually supposed to be the cover of this novel, but then they switched it in the, uh, the last oh, minute. Really? Yeah, I don't know if that's true. We'll have to fact someone fact check that, and we'll we'll cover mm. it on the ugly mugs when this comes out. Speaking of ugly mugs, speaking of ugly yeah. mugs, um, I know we normally only talk about the Patreon at the end of the episode, but we should say that Jack and I are now doing a weekly talk show. Talk show loosely in <laughs> quotes here. Jack and I are doing a Zoom call on Saturday mornings over coffee. And it is a chance for the Patreon team to do a fact check on us, ask us questions, or even just bring up anything they want us to talk about. And we just do a quick, you know, half an hour chat. So if you want to be involved in that, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash heroes of and sign up for the Patreon team. And uh, you'll be able to get some extra uh, juicy content. And see All us right. in our in our best bedhead as well. Right. That's why we call it ugly <laughs> our, marks. Our most outrageous bedhead. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> okay. So now are we, are we going in the prologue? Mm-hmm. Okay. So now let's do it. So six years ago. Yeah. Um, Yasna Colin is pretending to enjoy the party. What a great way to begin with that character. Right. I, I, <laughs> I have to be uh, honest that I've identified with that opinion so much in terms of being at certain parties and. Just not yeah. really enjoying it. If it gets too, you know, rowdy or boring or whatever, just, you know, I totally, um, I totally, um, uh, connect with Yasna on that. So Yasna Colin is at, is at a party. Yeah. She's, uh, not particularly enjoying it. And I love the way it begins here with the wine greasing, wine greasing tongues and dimming minds. Mm-hmm. I really like that in the text. Yeah, it's really neat. Um, her uncle Dalinar was in the full swing of it at this party six years ago, rising from the high table, shouting at the Persheni to bring out their drummers. Mm-hmm. Um, this seems a little uh, out of normal, or sort of uh, out of the normal sort of behavior for Dalinar, right? Like he enjoy, he's enjoying his wine, he's getting drunk, he's kind of rowdy, he's embarrassing yeah. himself, like... It's, this is not, I mean, this is on a, a not typical for our current right, Dalinar. Right, right, right. Well, let's, let's say this. There are two different Dalinars, right? right? Um, potentially even three. There is the Blackthorn. Yes. There is this current one that we're reading right now in this prologue. We'll call him the Drunkard, right? And then there's High Prince of War right. Dalinar, which is our present Dalinar. Um, that we left at the end right. of the way of Kings. Um, but we already knew that Dalinar was a drunkard and that at this party, he was shit faced. Yeah. Right. We know it because, um, in the prologue to the last right. book, when Zeth assassinates Gavilar, uh, or G- yeah, Gavilar, um, d- d- he remarks that the King's cu- uh, brother is He's drunk, drunk yeah, passed out. So he won't be right. an issue. Right. <laughs> It's just, it's just so interesting to be reminded, I guess, and of, of Dalinar as yeah. this other sort of character almost, right? Like, it's just right. so out of place. Like, yeah. what, what do you mean? Why, why aren't you, you know, brooding somewhere, complaining about not being with Navani and, uh, crossing your arms right. at, you know, at all the other high princes that aren't dressed properly or that are dressed too outlandishly. Right. 
<laughs> this is that moment that he changes from right. this yeah, drunkard to, to yeah. the current right, Dalinar, right. right? That's why he doesn't drink right. anymore, why he follows right. the codes. Yeah. It's fascinating. Um, but mm-hmm. again, at the beginning here, so not only is she not only is she not enjoying the party, um, but she's also um, she's here because she intends to have one of the guests killed. What a great intro! Right. What an absolutely <laughs> great intro um, to Words of Radiance. So um, she has an appointment with an assassin that she intends on keeping. And mm-hmm. I like I like how it says here that um that Yasna drew stairs. And as we find out not only from the people from the high princes that are there looking at her um like flies to rotten meat. Right. I really like that. And the whispers, people talking about her um whispers are like buzzing wings. I really love that line. That's great. It's funny because Yasna's been pretty much secluded the entire time we've known her so mm. far in Carbranth in the Palinaeum researching, right? She's had interactions with Parshendi, Shalon, and the King, and that's pretty much it in Capsule, and that's pretty much it. Right. So here she's at a party surrounded by all these people, and people give her these looks because she's the, you know, she's the heretic, she's mm-hmm. the, the quirky, weird... Uh, sister who isn't really a good Alethi woman, right? right? Well, this is interesting. Um, Everyone expected Dalinar to lose himself to wine during a feast, but the king's daughter admitting to heresy? That was unprecedented. So this is with regards to (laughs) to Yasna, right? Um, Right. I want to say that already, just in the first two pages, there's been a drop about uh, Dalinar bringing out the drummers. And then on, on the second page of this prologue, uh, Yasna describes the Parshendi's uh, um, voices uh, as rhythmic language. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of, uh, and throughout this, this chapter, there's a lot of concentration on drumming and rhythm. Yeah. Um, now, commenting on the Parshendi, think... uh, Yasna does note here that they didn't, they didn't look festive or even happy to be here. They looked nervous. Right. So that's interesting. I mean, it makes sense, yeah. right? <laughs> it makes sense why they were nervous. She'd intentionally scheduled her meeting for the middle of the feast uh, so that many would be distracted. I love these little things to uh, indicate what, how, you know, how far Yasna thinks down the road, which is why right. I'm surprised. Yeah, that I'm still surprised to this day right. that Shalon. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, of okay. course. So she sees the big picture right. normally, yeah. right? Okay, now, now hang on here. So um, her shadow was pointing in the wrong direction she notices as she's on her way mm-hmm. to the meeting yeah and i have to say that this would have been another great addition onto our bonus episode regarding peter pan of course so, it is dude there are things <clears throat> about your peter pan metaphor yeah. that i can't talk to you about yet and one of them the was yasna's shadow acting right. strangely so i just i really I, I loved it because as soon as as soon as um, the you know the novel was going down to her shadow and I'm thinking oh my gosh like if it has anything to do with a shadow yeah. it's just interesting that it ties in with with Peter like right. that's so neat 
So right. you were, uh, this is, this is the thing is you're going to notice more and more that you were really on the nose when you said Peter Pan early on in our, our podcasting career okay. here for, um, for the way, uh, for the Stormlight Archive, because more and more you're going to be seeing evidence of that, that I can't talk to you about currently, or I couldn't <laughs> talk to you, but when we did the bonus episode, cool. right? So I, as soon as, you know, as, as soon as this part came in and the research, I was like, oh yeah, right. Oh my God. Yeah, like I can't right. wait until he reads well, that. I, I mean, I was delighted uh, to come across it, but what a great thing that, that her shadow is pointing in the direction of light and that she's noticing right. it. And, and instead of away and from it, conscious about it, she's looking around trying to make sure that nobody sees that there is an irregularity about her, about her shadow. Right. High Prince Sadius walks by, walks right through the shadow, doesn't notice. He's chatting. He's chatting mm-hmm. with, with, with somebody. Um, Yasna is staring at the shadow skin. I love the skin growing clammy, stomach clenched. The way she felt when she was about to vomit. Not again. She searched for another light source. A reason. Could she find a reason? No. And I love that that little right. paragraph so much because what's she after? A reason. She needs right. to know. Right. So she's looking for, she sees that her shadow is going in the direction of this light source, right? right? And she's looking behind her to see if there is another yeah. light source that could potentially be sh- casting this yeah. shadow in the wrong right. direction. And there, there isn't. isn't. But again, I just, I, I'm reading no. a little more into it that it speaks to her character. She must know. Right. She's after the right. reason. Right. She's like, that's the character. Yeah. Right. It's right. She's like freaked she, out. And we, we find this out later. She's yeah. freaked out, but she's way more curious than she's freaked out. And, and even though she's freaked out, she must maintain decorum and calm. Right. <clears throat> right. So, yeah. I like, I like the fact that she says not again. I know. Meaning I mean, this, this isn't the first time before. it's happened. Yeah. She's been course. dealing, right. She's been dealing with this already. The so. shadow melts back toward her, oozing at her feet mm-hmm. and then stretching out the other way. I love this. Um, yeah. And then we get a little bit of, remember a last uh, book we talked about that moment when, um, Zeth shows up at Carbranth and Shalon leaves the hospital and in my mind in like a fanfic way, there's a scene where they actually walk by right. each other and bump into right. each other. Yeah, you know, it, it, they're both wearing and, white. One's a servant's white and she's wearing hospital gowns. Well, in this moment here, Yasna and a Shin man yeah. who is a servant wearing right. white pass each, each other. other. Yeah. A Shin man that, that yeah, was like unusual, a Shin man. She notes. Right. Yeah. And then she's, and then she yeah. composes herself and she's thinking, what did these episodes of hers with these shadows mean? She's heard superstitious mm-hmm. folk tales, um, regarding misbehaving shadows that meant you were cursed. Mm-hmm. She would need to investigate further. Again, I love it. You know, she's looking for a reason. She has to find a reason. I'm going to investigate. She's our sleuth. You know, she's so devoted yeah. to, to, I, to records and sure. research. I love it. But the, and that's the, that's what she's putting out there on like the surface right. of things. That's her like the face. Next, but she, it says it right I afterwards. Know. She says the calm scholarly thoughts a felt lie. like a lie compared to the truth of her cold, clammy skin right. and the sweat trickling down the back of her necks. So she is really freaked out by all this, but is forcing herself to be like, no, I will think of this like right. a scholar. I'm going to research this and we're going to figure this right. out. Yeah. I, I really like that too. I, I, I underline that, that her. Her scholarly thoughts felt like a lie to the truth of right. her fear. 
Right. That's a really cool. It's so that's good. That's eh? yeah, a really, really yeah. neat, uh, neat thing there. Okay, so she needs to compose yeah. herself at all times, not just when calm. Um, she's chosen the back exit, not commonly, um, you know, used all the time only by servants and master servants, and that's what she finds when she goes through this way. Mm. But what she didn't expect to find on her rendezvous with her assassin is that her father would be there, standing just ahead, having a chit chat right. with. My favorite, my favorite human being, uh, Bright yeah. Lord Meridus Meridas. MRM. Yeah. So what a what yeah, a dude. catch this guy is, and Gavilar. Um, now is. this is a really interesting exchange between Gavilar and her. Actually, I really want to talk about this. Um, so they, they they go through a brief description of Gavilar that he's shorter than Amram, <clears throat> that when he would speak, he speaks with quiet intensity, so that you wanted to, you know, catch every word. Yeah, you almost have to pay attention to what he's right. saying because he's being very quiet mm. about it. And it's kind of a tactic, I think, too, right? To get people's attention. He was uh, he was handsome, unlike his brother. Now, this is what Yasna's noting. Right. So, with a beard that outlined his strong jaw rather than covering it. He had a personal magnetism and intensity that Yasna felt no biographer had yet managed to convey. Mm-hmm. So she seems to like have high regard uh, for her father. She's complimenting him here in several ways. Mm-hmm. So we meet we meet Tiram, who is Gavilar's right. um, captain of the king's guard, and he is wearing Gavilar's shard plate. The king yeah. himself stopped wearing it, preferring to entrust it to Tiram. So right away, that's an indication that Gavilar is also going to be unarmed. Right. And we knew, we already right. knew this. We already, we already knew, knew this, this, but here, right. here's this little reason. But he's not though. In the, in later on, after the, shortly after this happens. Well, he, he will, he will, right? he will be able to summon his shard uh, blade, but he won't have the plate on. Yes, he will. Because in the fight with Zeth, Zeth thinks that the king has been whisked away. Right. And the person who's been whisked away wearing the king's robes is Sadius. Sadius, right. And... Gavilar <clears throat> is in his own shard plate and blade ready for the attack. So he's here not wearing the armor. Right. Tiram's wearing it. And then in a very short amount of time, maybe let's say a half an hour, it takes Yasna right. however it, long it, to deal it, with the stuff she's about to deal with, have the meeting huh. with the assassin. They switch the armor right. back. Right. Inter- that's interesting. Why, why Very is much that? so. Hmm. Why is that indeed? Why is that? I can't uh, wait to find out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so, so, so Tiram has has it on right now. We meet this character, and it says that uh, instead Gavilar wore robes of a majestic classical style. Whenever it said robes here, describing Gavilar, I just thought of like you know billowing, you know, um, classical robes, and it brought up sort of this image of like Julius Caesar about to be assassinated. Right. Um, so Yasna, you know, glances back and she, 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 um, thinks to herself sloppy that she, she should have checked to see if her father was still at the party. So again, right. I love this about her just analyzing what she could have done better to ensure that if, if she was going to slip away to a meeting, she didn't, she wanted all things covered. Right. She'd, right. And like something as simple as, you know, where's my father? Right. 
she needs to know. It's because I think she feels like she needs to know everything. So she, no matter how trivial right. it is. So she calls out to him and she says, Father. And he says, Ah, oh, Yasna, re- retiring so early. It's hardly early, she says. This is the tiresome part of the feast where the conversation grows louder, but no smarter, and the company drunken. Um, mm-hmm. Many people consider that sort of thing enjoyable. I love her response here. Many people, unfortunately, are yeah. idiots. So yeah. <laughs> I just love that. This is a really great back and forth between father and daughter. <clears throat> really? Here. And it's this, this, this part here specifically. Yeah, this next bit is where, what I want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, so go he ahead. he says, is it terribly difficult for you? Or, yeah, he says, yeah. Is, is, is it terribly difficult for you living with the rest of us, suffering our average wits and simple thoughts? Is it lonely to be so singular in your brilliance, Yasna? I, I almost feel like mm-hmm. he was attacking his own daughter. A little like bit, he's, eh? he's He's kind of like tired of her being the way she is. He's like... The smarty pants. The smarty pants, pants yeah. the person yeah. who's, you know, rolling her eyes, you know, she's not interested in what the masses are doing. So if the masses are drinking and yeah. dancing and have a good time, she's the wallflower right. going, oh, this is boring, this is dumb, like, why right. aren't we, you know... She, she's not a good Vorn, right? right. She doesn't believe right. in Vornism. Right. She's it, a, it says she's a little a later here in these paragraphs, right? She's a heretic. Um, she, uh, if we, you know, like, she tells us pretty much that her father's been trying to hook her up with Right. Amram, well, that's the next bit. And she doesn't want to. So she's a, uh, you know, an older lady who is unmarried. Right. right. So he, she is probably giving him all of these fatherly headaches Right. Like I can't marry my daughter off. She won't be a good born woman. She's interested in all this stuff yeah. that isn't proper. You know what I mean? So <laughs> she's into I can kind of see him. Be- <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and then now she, and now he's like, this is my treaty feast. I've brokered a treaty and you're like, you're calling it stupid. And so I can kind of understand him being short with her, but it, it definitely feels more it, than it that. It does. It feels more than that to me too. Like he's, he's not. Like, that's not the way that you would speak to your own daughter. Like, unless yeah. you had some reason for contempt or, um, I don't know. It just, it just. Well, there's a moment like, here. Like, Let's, there's a, there's, there's just a, a tone there's... there. Like, he's, a, he's basically accusing her of being, like, your world, Yasna, you're alone in it. How, how does it feel right. to be so alone I, and, I, or, and, and so brilliant, but also alone? You know, like, right. like what father speaks that? I, I just thought it was kind of odd. Right. That's all. And there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of this here at the, at the end here when he's like, um, I should return to the celebration. And then she's like, father, what is it you weren't telling me? And then he glanced back at her lingering pale green eyes, evidence of his good birth. When he had become so, when had he become so discerning storms? She felt as if she could hardly uh, knew this, knew man, this yeah. man any longer. Right. And then she says, from the way he inspected her, it almost seemed like he didn't trust her. Right. So, yeah, there's a little bit of something here. And again, Um, like, you know, his green eyes, um, pale green eyes, is any of that passed on to Yasna? Like, I'm trying to... You know what I'm trying to hint at with regards to the, 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 the children sort of thing, right? Right. Like maybe I've got right. it wrong. Like maybe Yasna, right? Like is, that, that was my theory was that like what if Yasna is not Gavilar's, right? Mm. Like that was my theory too, right? That 
I sort of forgot about that theory to be honest. So, Hmm. you know what I mean? Like, anyways, so. Because she's so different from him. Well, she's she's so different. I mean, and this exchange, and then in terms of, you know, you know, Dalinar forgetting, he can't remember his wife and, and there's details missing and there, it's clear that him and Navani, you know, were, you know, or had this, you know, this passion between them. Like it's hard to, it's hard to hold back that high storm. If two people are right. in love, good luck. Good luck trying to hold that back. So I don't know. I, I keep, I, I, I'm hoping that maybe there's something to that, but we'll see. Um, so, so kind of odd, but then you're right. Uh, just after that, he, um, uh, he says, perhaps if you found pleasant associations, you would enjoy the feasts. And he's sort of motioning right. over towards Amaram here. Um, mm-hmm. and I like how it says here and in the she's text. like, it's never going to yeah, happen. It, says, it just says, <laughs> I love it. Just plain and simple. It would never happen. <laughs> so, yeah. um. At least she knows what's right. up with Amram. <clears throat> right, exactly. Um. Yeah. So, so he leaves and she's like, I got to go, b- I got to meet, I'm, I forgot about my meeting with Liss. Right, Liss. So she's going to meet this assassin named Liss. Totally different topic. Liss, Lissy, if anybody out there is listening to, wants to hear new and great music, Lissy, turn in, t- tune into a singer-songwriter from uh, Unistetis Atatis. Oh yeah, we have to cover this thing as well. Unistetis Atatis. Okay. Unistetis Atatis? Unistetis Atatis. That's what my son, that's how, that's how my son. That's right. Uh, says the United States. Right. <laughs> he was trying to be clever and, 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 uh, and, uh, and I don't know, interesting the, the other day. And he says, uh, he's mentioning this, this word. I'm like, what are you saying? Unisatetis atatis. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he kept doing it. It was great. United States people. That's United funny. States. Um, <laughs> So, uh, Liz, yeah, so she's on her way to meet Liz. Um, she would have to prod further, um, into, into these matters with regards to whether or not, um, her father knew about this meeting. So again, I, I love mm. how we have, you know, words like investigate. Uh, she needs to know, uh, uh reason she's going to prod. She's like, I just, I just love all this about her, about, about her character. Yeah. Um, after walking a short time in the quarters, Yasna noticed her shadow behaving oddly once again. And mm-hmm. she sighs in annoyance and uh, pulls up toward three storm lamps on the walls. Fortunately, she'd passed from the populated area. No servants were here to see. All right, right. she snapped and she says, that's enough. And when this yeah. happened, something really dramatic happens. Mm-hmm. Almost that rippling effect. Right. So it says she hadn't meant to speak loud, uh, speak aloud. However, as the words slipped out, several distant shadows originating in an intersection up ahead stirred to life. Her breath caught. Those shadows lengthened, deepened. Figures formed from them, growing, standing, rising. And she's like, oh my God, am I going insane? Like Stormfather, am I going insane? Notice how just before you said that, it, it, it says, however, as the words slipped out, the words right. of radiance. Ooh. <laughs> so she says these words, yeah, she says, right. all right. And she snapped, that's enough. 
Like I can, I can almost right. imagine, like just see this like rippling effect of these shadows then reacting to mm-hmm. her demand. Right? right. I feel like her, her words almost break the fear. She's just yeah, upset now and she's yeah. angry, right? She, well, she, and yeah. she's also wanting and, to take control over it, but, but she doesn't have control. Right. I love it. So yes. it says one, this is right. talking about the shadows now. One took the shape of a man of midnight blackness, mm-hmm. though he had a certain reflective cast as if he were made of oil. No, of some other liquid with a coating of oil floating on the outside, giving him a dark prismatic mm-hmm. quality. He strode towards her and unsheathed a sword. So creepy. Ooh. It's yeah. so neat. This reminds me a little bit of the, um, of the symbol heads that Shalon yeah. experiences yeah. in Carbranth and how creepy it is. She stands her ground and meets this thing's glare. Right. Causing it to hesitate. She had sensed those eyes upon her during the previous months. The entire hallway uh, becomes blackened, submerged as if sinking into lightless depths. Her heart racing, breath quickening. Yasna raised her hand to the granite wall behind her, seeking to touch something solid. Her fingers sank into the stone a fraction, as if the wall had become mud. And I love this. Here, let's pause here for a second. A couple of things. The uh, the inky, uh, what did she call it? The inky lightness of this creature. Hmm. Um, I It makes me think of T-1000, like yeah. an inky version of <laughs> T-1000 from the Terminator right. 2 movie. Um, and um, she says that her hand sunk into the yeah. wall as if it had become yeah. mud. And we right. know that she can do stuff. Yeah where she transforms stuff into other stuff. That's right. Right? So the wall could have actually become mud because she made it so. Right. The figure before her glances at the wall, the wall lamp nearest Yasna went dark. And then the palace disintegrated. Right. How crazy is that? Like crazy. beads. The figure. Yep. We know what yep. this is. Shadesmar. Right. He, so the entire place shatters into a thousand yeah, million yeah, beads. Millions of beads. Everywhere. He, he sheathes his sword and Yasna mm-hmm. is crashing onto something, an ocean of glass beads. And she mm-hmm. feels that she was going to die. And I love this. <clears throat> when she feels that she's going to die, being consumed, if you will, drowning in these beads, her first thought here is leaving work unfinished. And her second priority, (laughs) leaving her family unprotected. I just love that. The work is like, I just love the care, like Brandon, Mr. Sanderson is just so true to the character, right? Yeah. And she says here, she she thinks she would never know the answers. Like she, she's going to die never having figured out the mysteries. That's, and that's her, I know it's (laughs) Awesome. awesome. It's just so great. Um, Okay, well, she's not really having this, so she starts flailing and uh, and screaming as she's not buoyant in this mess. Um, she's sinking mm-hmm. as if through a viscous liquid. But these these uh, beads, she notices, they seem attracted to her. Well, how could they not, of course. Um, how could they not? Wowie it's, zow. It's Yasna, after all. Um, Come on. They wanted something from her, she intuits. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. 
Yeah. So each bead was a pattern and a guide for others. So she, she gets a hold of one and then it becomes a cup. Yeah. And then she t- starts touching other ones, a silver platter, a coat, a statue, a lantern, and then something ancient. Well, she, see, she, um, she, she, she realizes there are, pa- there, the, 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 the beads are a pattern, mm-hmm. right? And then she says she needs something, she needed something to, uh, she could use. Um, she held one and the bead around her broke apart, right? right? She realizes that, where is it? She, yeah, she sweeps her arm in a wide arc and as she does, she touches all these right. beads and then can feel right. the pattern that exists inside them. A, sil- a silver yeah. platter, a coat, a statue. So it's all happening all yeah. at once, right? She's just sweeping her arm out and she's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my yeah. God. Like There's it's just all, these, all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then she touches something ancient. Mm-hmm. Right. Something ponderous and slow of thought, yet somehow mm-hmm. strong. The palace itself. So the palace itself right. was ancient. Right. Exactly. So she's touching a bead that is part of the palace. Right. So frantic, she seizes this sphere and uh, forces her power into it. She gave it everything she <sighs> had so cool. and then commanded it to rise. And the beads began to shift. So then all these beads start to coalesce and connect and actually she starts to form the hallway she was just in, in the palace. Right. And because she's sinking down into these beads and like we know from Shalon before, they're going in her ears and her nose and her mouth and right. she's going to choke on them. Right. Right? right. And so she lifts herself out of this ocean of beads, sea of beads for Shalon, mm-hmm. um, this, um, the, the sea of glass, she raises out of it and she's created out of it with the power, the hallway she was just standing right. in. It's so cool. Yeah. Yasna surged from the depths. There you go. There you go. What do you make of There's that? a nice word. What do you make of that? The surge. I mean, I think it's on purpose. So do I. It's all on purpose, bro. Yasna surged up from the depths, something solid moving beneath her, obeying her command. Beads battered her head, shoulders, and arms until finally she exploded from the surface of the sea of glass, hurling a spray of beads into a dark sky. But does she have a heart of glass? That's the real question. Um, I don't even know how it goes. Ahead of her, the dark figure steps out onto the platform and he again s- slid his sword from his sheath. Mm-hmm. Yasna holds up a second bead, which is a statue. The statue of Talenelet Ellen, the herald of war. A tall, muscular man with a large shard blade. We remember this guy from the um, uh, epilogue at the end of uh, The Way of Kings. He's the one who showed up and Wit was talking about what men value most. Right. And this is the guy that came back from somewhere. Right. And here he is, yeah, a so statue. this is a statue that represents him. Yeah. Well, it's not him as a statue, but it's a statue of, of him. Of him, yeah. Right. 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 Um, gritting her teeth, Yasna heaves herself to her feet, beads streaming from her clothing. She would not kneel before this thing, whatever it was. Again, right. I love that about her. It's just more character yeah. building. Fan, it's great, fantastic. 
Um, yeah, she's amazing. She steps up beside the bead, uh, the bead statue, noting for the first time the strange clouds, these dark clouds that are overhead. So that's that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And and she notes about all about all of this. The place of beads uh, fades, and Yasna finds herself back in the hallway of the palace, the real one, um, with real stone. Though it had gone dark, the stormlight dead in the lamps on the walls. The only illumination came far down the corridor. She presses her back against the wall, breathing deeply, and she thinks, I need to write this experience down. Right away. The very first thing she thinks is, oh my God, I got to write this I down. I got to write this down. And then she, and then the, and the next line is, she would do so, then analyze and consider. Investigate, right. analyze, consider, prod, study. Yeah. This you isn't know, a just, horrible, horrible life event. This is a chance <clears throat> to study and learn. Right. Right. I just, I just, I love this woman. I just love her. That's why I'm hoping she doesn't turn out to be awful. <laughs> right. Which I was kind of like with, with this whole meeting an assassin. And by the right. way, we, like we kind of skipped over that bit, didn't we? Like with regards to the assassin, like. I, I figured we'd cover she... when we actually got to the assassin. Oh, okay, okay, right? okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, that's also like. What? Why? Why are you interested in that? Um, so eventually, she composes herself and, um, wiping the sweat from her from her face with a kerchief, she thinks Shadesmar. That is what it's called right. in the nursery tales. Shadesmar, right. the mythological kingdom of the Spren, mythology she'd never believed. Yeah, that's cool. What do you make of that? It's it shows how well versed she is in scholarly pursuits i think that this first time coming Mm -hmm. to shadesmar in comparison to shallan's first time coming to shadesmar Mm -hmm. says a lot right you know yasna comes here and is able to form a statue recreate the palace she knows almost instantly when she comes out of it oh this place was called shadesmar i know because i read those nursery tales and that's what they called it she's completely experiencing it right and then shallan's just like (laughs) oh my god oh my god like you know what I mean? Yeah. She comes out of it and is like, I better, you know, make it look like a c- committed suicide. Yeah, I got so, no other choice. So imagine, imagine <laughs> you know one, I mean? yeah, so. Ex- so imagine <laughs> one of us experiencing a folktale come to life. So it would be like, it would be like somebody, it'd be like, you know, uh, a March hare coming into my basement right now and wishing me an, a, a, a very merry unbirthday. And then I would be like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this is, this is uh, Wonderland. And Wonderland this exists. This is crazy. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, who are you? Uh, who are you? My favorite right. is the mustard in the Disney cartoon. When uh, Mad Hatter is, or March Hare offers mustard to fix the watch. And then that was too far. Like, mustard? Yeah. Let's not be silly. <laughs> yeah, that like, broke. That's, that's that my favorite. It, yeah. That breaks yeah, me every funny. time. Yeah. Okay. So, um. So this is really, really interesting. Again, back to the music. And she realizes, kind of like the White Rabbit, like, oh, I'm late for a very important date with my assassin. Right. And so she's... Yeah, I'm late. So she realizes that she has to get going. So she does. She leaves the the party even further to a different area where the drums, the parsheni can barely be heard. And um, the complexity of the music she, she notes, and I like this because she shares this with Dalinar. So Dalinar was noticing that these are not savages, and here she also um, 
notes the same thing that the music complexity had always right. surprised her. Parshendi were not uncultured savages. So, mm-hmm. and I think, I think Gavilar also was starting to conclude that too, right? So when, when he was in, in, well, I think that's why he was uh, so interested in this treaty, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it makes sense. So they, but there's they more to them that, than, than they th- first thought. Right. Um, so she, she'd intentionally chosen this out of the way section, um, where nobody would be able to, uh, obviously know that she was there meeting with an assassin. Right. Uh, I like nobody, how this assassin is like, you're late brightness. I know. <laughs> like calls her out. But she's it. the employer. So she's like, she completely doesn't even acknowledge that, yeah. that statement. And like, she's, she's uh, like, sorry, I got you, held so. up in Shadesmar. I yeah. literally just transported myself to Shadesmar, created a hallway. So I was just, I'm running a little late here. So there's a guard outside. He looks like a Veden brute with a red speckly sort of beard. Um, but she goes in and uh, Liss is there. She's wearing a maid's dress, low cut, mm-hmm. of course. Um, and she could be a Lethe, Veden, or Bav. She's not quite sure. She has long, dark hair and plump and attractive. Right. Uh, were her features. And she says, you're late. And she and then uh, Yasna passes a, a small envelope. And I want to I w- I touch on something here. Um, so she passes a small envelope, because we, we, we glossed over this. Um, passes a small envelope sealed with, with weevil wax. Right. For the info dump. Um, mm-hmm. and, but Yasna set two fingers on it, considering two fingers, the same two fingers that she received the salute from, from the dark figure. Right. So the dark figure, before she got out of the glass and returned to the hallway and either, you know, like reimagined or, or brought this world back into being again or something mm-hmm. like that. I'm not really sure the process of all that, but, right. but just before that, that figure gave her a salute right. of, of sorts and put two fingers, I think it was to his forehead or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. And here she's putting two fingers. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Kind of, yeah. Maybe she's thinking about it, and so well, I'm wondering if there's a connection, or... a connection between Yasna and the and the black figure. That's all. Hmm. That's Just a little possible. subtle thing, you know, two fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, um. Also, the way I like to drink with scotch, you know, two fingers, right. three, two fingers, three's, three's, three's better. Um, she slid a second envelope from the safe pouch. So she, she, I like this. She's got a backup plan. So she's got this plan in the one envelope and then she reconsiders. She's like, hmm, maybe, maybe assassinating maybe. my sister-in-law is a little too, um, too hasty. Maybe I'll yeah. just, let me just take this envelope, put it back in my, right. my dress and I'll take the other envelope, which yeah. is the don't kill my sister-in-law. Just right. make sure you're watching her Yeah. plan. Maybe I'll put a pin in this one. Yeah, let's just I'll, put a pin I'll in it. I'll let you know if you can assassinate her. Yeah. <laughs> so I Which have to admit, crazy. I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm a little disturbed that Yasna is, you know, seemingly somewhat flippant with regards to life. Um, but this is a very thing, you know, this this whole world. I mean, Althkar is this this whole thing is very strange. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I can't uh, imagine what it, it would makes be like to. it makes Yasna even more interesting to me. She's studious. She's worried well. about, she's not, you know, and then she's all like, oh, and also I hire dozens of assassins she, to make and sure she that deals my with families are, as yeah, we find out dozens, after Liss, she says, yeah, 
Yeah. And she says that she, that there's a, I like here later. So she decides to give her the second envelope instead. And she says, right. you know, I want you to, I want you to watch her only. And I mean, that's when we find out the target is the, um, the wife of the heir to the throne, which we know is Elicor's wife. And one does not commonly hire an assassin to watch only. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which is super you, true. You have your instructions in the envelope, she says, along with payment. I chose you because you're an expert at extended observations. Spying on the wife of the heir to the throne? It would be more expensive this way. You sure you don't want her just simply... You sure you don't simply want her dead? Yasna drummed her fingers on the table. Again, drumming, rhythm. Yeah. And then realized that she was doing it to the beat. Catches herself. The music was unexpectedly complex. Complex like her. Although, complex like the Parshendi. So right? This is another moment where she's like, oh, yeah, these, these Parshendi are... Mr. Sanderson's weaving again. He's weaving. He's tying. Mm-hmm. He's subtly speaking through the words. Mm-hmm. And not, and I mean, I mean in between, like, the word. you got to, like, dig up these things. Okay, so spying on the wife, wanting her dead. Yasna drumming on the table unexpectedly to this Parshendi music. I love this. I accept the cost, Yasna says. In one week's time, I will arrange for one of my sister-in-law's maids to be released. You will apply for that position using fake credentials I assume you're capable of producing. You will be hired. From there, you watch and report. You move only if I say, understood? You're the one paying, Liz says, a faint Bav dialect showing. But if she showed a dialect, it was on purpose. Mm -hmm. So... But she's known as the Weeper as she gouges out the eyes of her targets. Ooh, what a good this name. This was her, yeah, this was her cognomen that was given to her, This the Weeper. But not for the reason um, that people th- seem to think. For one thing, nobody knew that the Weeper was a woman, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But it was said that the Weeper gouged out the eyes to proclaim indifference to whether her victims were light-eyed or dark, which I like. I like what they've come up with there. Right. But it's not really the truth. Liz didn't want anyone to know that the way she killed left corpses with burned out sockets. Yeah. <laughs> so we have another talented, yeah. another specially talented young lady here. Yes, who can uh, uh, use uh, some kind of shard blade. Yeah. Because that's how people that's end how up they... dead after shard blades, right? Is burned out eyes. Right. So, right. Hmm. Very so this is pretty, pretty deadly. Yeah. Our meeting is done. So that meeting ends. Um, and then Liz hesitates at the door before leaving and says, do you, do you know why I like you, Brightness? I suspect it has something to do with my pockets and their proverbial depth. <laughs> there's that. There's that. I ain't going to deny it. But you're also different from other light eyes. When others hire me, they turn up their noses at the entire process. They're all too eager to use my services, but sneer and wring their hands as if they hate being forced to do something utterly distasteful. Assassination is distasteful, Liz. So is cleaning out chamber pots. I can respect the one employed for such jobs without admiring the job itself. Liz grins and then cracks the door. That new servant of yours outside, Yasna says, didn't you say you wanted to show him off to me? Talak, Liz says. Oh, you mean the other one? No, Brightness, I sold that one to a slaver a few weeks ago. Really? I thought you said he was the best servant you ever had. Too good a servant, Liz says. Let's just leave it at that. Storm and creepy that shin fellow was. 
Mm-hmm. So isn't that cool? Yes. And then Yasna reminds her, remember our first agreement. Yeah, this is what we were talking about earlier here. Yeah. So I like this first agreement. This is great with her, with her assassin. Um, the agreement is that if anybody should come to Lys and offer a contract right. on any member of Yasna's family, that Lys is to go to Yasna to get the offer matched in exchange for the name of one of the one who made it. Right. And then she and then it, and then she ponders then she on it here, here, and she says, "So would the dozens of assassins Yasna has dealt with." So, like, literally, she's hiring a bunch of assassins. <laughs> she's telling them, if anyone tries to hire you to kill any of my family, make sure to come to me and I'll pay you for right. the information. And I'll probably, she probably pays them twice or whatever. So she right. pays them to be right. her personal assassin and pays them if someone else approaches them. So she's literally right. hiring all the assassins so no one else can hire the assassins to kill her family. And she's and she was considering. I I don't even think we've said her name. Um, I'm trying to remember now. Who? Uh, Elokar's wife. Yeah, I have that a, in the info a, dump. A Asudan. Asudan. Or or Asudan. Yeah. Asudan. Or however you want to say it. Yeah. Asudan. Asudan. Yeah. Asudan. I don't, I'm, I'm um, not sure how to say it properly, but. Yeah, well, yeah. They, they say it at the um, beginning of the chapter. So she so must have, Yasna must have something up her butt about Asudan to want to potentially assassinate her. You know what would annoy Yasna the most? She what? borrowed a book and didn't give it back. That's, that's what it is. How dare you? Cause that, cause that annoys me. Like, I mean, it was, <laughs> but, but dad, she oh, folded oh, oh, the corners oh, you, you of my a book. book and didn't give it back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She bore a book and didn't give it back. Don't you understand? Jeez Louise. There's a coffee ring on the top now. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, a, what kind of psychopath is she? Right. So I had her killed. <laughs> right. So I had, so I, naturally I had her killed. Yeah. Just what else, na- what else should a good, ver- uh, a lethe girl do? Or first Italian do. Um, wait, did Liz say that her old servant was Shin? Yeah. And she thinks... Well, there's, there's no harm in checking. Um, Dalinar hadn't done something to offend the celebrants, had he? He's thinking. Could it be, she wondered, that scholars have been searching in the wrong ruins all these years regarding the Parshendi? Yeah. See, there, Words there's echoed a, in the hallway. Sorry, there's a, sorry, there's a something here that happens where... Mm-hmm. Um, Yasna left the small chamber in the bowels of the palace and strode out mm-hmm. into the hallway. She turned her steps mm-hmm. upward above the drums abruptly cut off. They cut off. Yeah. The, I think the reason why you noticed, and I think you're supposed to notice the, um, the music the entire time is because when they're finally, yeah. they finally cut off, it's about to happen. Right. Right. And so, right. um, it's important to feel and for Sanderson to remind us there's there's beats, there's drums, Yasna's drumming on the table. She's he listening yeah. to the drums all the time. She can hear them anywhere she goes, even yeah. and the deepest bowels and then they go silent. Yeah. So it's taken yeah, away from us. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. uh, that's pretty neat. And um and this is when it, this is when it, you know, this is when the event happens. Words echo in the hallway. Um, she, she can hear this um, this conversation going on down this uh, down this corridor. Yeah, I'm worried about I'm worried about Ash. You're worried about everything. She's getting worse. We weren't supposed to get 
We weren't supposed to get worse. Am I getting worse? I think I feel worse. Shut up. I don't like this. What we've done was wrong. That creature carries my lord's own blade. We shouldn't have let him keep it. The two passed through the intersection ahead of Yasna. They were ambassadors from the west. An Azish man with a white birthmark. And an Alethi. Yeah, it was either um, a birthmark on his cheek or a scar. Or a scar. Right. Or a scar. Um, the One of them hurries on his way, but the Azish man stays and uh, stops and looks Yasna up and down, and he frowns. Yeah, he's dressed she in asks, black and silver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Just pointing it out in case it's important. In case, or is it important? Uh, you know, you gotta. Sometimes when characters are described a certain way, it's important right. for us to remember that. Right. Is the feast over already? Uh, Yasna says. Yes, the man replies. His stare made her feel uncomfortable, but she walked forward anyway. Right. I should check further into these two. She thought she'd investigate their backgrounds. Of course, she'd investigated her, their backgrounds. Of course, and found nothing of note. Had they been talking about a shard blade? Come right. on, the shorter man said, returning and talking to the taller man by the arm. He allowed himself to be pulled away. Yasna walked to where the corridors crossed and then watched them go. Where once again the drums had sounded, screams suddenly rose. Yeah. Oh no, she says. Yasna turns with alarm, grabs her skirt, begins to run. What else could be happening on this broken night? It took her far too long. She could hear the screams as she climbed um, the steps, finally emerging into chaos. She sees dead bodies in one direction, a demolished wall in It's the cool other. because we've... I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off here, but it's cool no, because don't. now Yasna's walking the same path Zeth did at the very beginning of right. the first book. Now Yasna's right. walking the same path, going down that hallway that Zeth yep. turned the far end of the hallway upside down. She, she's walking down that hallway, seeing the slaughter that he's put upon everybody. Um, it's just really the fitting. Destruction. You know, yeah, it's yeah. really, really cool. Um, yeah. It'll be part of well, my highlight at the end of this here. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to read into it. She's in the wake. She's in the ripple. When somebody makes a splash... And that's what this is. This is the ripple. Hmm. And she she's going over this. Right. She's in his wake. Right. Aren't we all in Zeth's wake though? Isn't that the truth? Well So yeah, I love I love how she's retracing the steps. She's seeing corpses with burned out eyes, bodies littered the floor with discarded bones at the dinner mm-hmm. table. And she's yeah. think, thinking, please, no, no, not this. Um, mm-hmm. control yourself, she's thinking. A broken doorway, her yeah. father's quarters. She stops in the hallway, and then she thinks she, she needs couldn't. to get someone, and she's like, I, I, I could get Dalinar, but no, he's yeah. drunk. Yeah, Sadius, Sadius then. then, yeah. The room looked like it had been hit by a high storm. <laughs> yeah, Furniture in a shambles, splinters everywhere. The balcony doors were broken outward. Someone lurched toward them, a man in her father's shard blade. Shard plate. Tyrim, the bodyguard. No, the helm was broken. It wasn't, it wasn't Tyrim. It was Gavilar. Someone on the balcony screamed. And Yasna shouts, Father. Gavilar hesitated as he stepped out on the balcony, looking back at her. The balcony broke beneath him. Right. Yasna screamed, dashing through the room to the broken balcony, falling to her knees. 
at the edge. The wind tucked locks of hair loose from her bun as she watched the two men fall. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's our wind, the first little <laughs> Oh, bit. it's back. It's back. It never left. Her, her father and the shin man in white from the feast, the shin man glowed with a white light and he fell onto the wall. He hit it, rolling. Then coming to a stop, he stood up, somehow remaining on the outer palace wall and not falling. Yeah. It defied reason. Yeah, he's he's Peter Parking it, like de- definitely <laughs> Peter parkouring it. Peter, P- Peter Peter parkouring it. <laughs> yeah, Peter Parkour. He's <laughs> literally walking down the the face of the palace here, which is friggin' badass. That's so cool. The lashings, oh I love it. Yeah. Um Yasna watched growing cold, helpless as the assassin steps down to her father and kneels over him. And this is their little moment, isn't it? Yeah. Tears fell from her chin, and the wind caught them. Second wind reference. What was he doing down there? She couldn't make it out. Um, When the assassin walked away, he left behind her father's corpse. Impaled on a length of wood, he was dead. His shard blade had appeared beside him, as they all did, when their bearers died. Mm -hmm. And she thinks to herself, I worked so hard. Everything I did to protect this family. And then she thinks that maybe Liss had done it, but no, that doesn't make sense. And then she hears a voice behind her. We are sorry for your loss. Yeah. She turns around to see three Parshmen, or sorry, three Parshendi, including Clade, standing in the doorway in their distinctive clothing. We take responsibility for his death. Yeah. Gangna is another one that's with them. Gangna was female. And though with, with the Parshendi, the gender differences were minimal. I, I, I like this little bit of world building here. Yeah. The clothing hid the breasts and hips, neither of which were ever really pronounced. Fortunately, the lack of a beard was a clear indication. All the Parshendi men she'd ever seen had beards, which they wore tied with bits of gemstone. And she has to stop what herself. Did you say? She has yeah, to stop herself yeah, here because she's yeah, her father yeah, just got still... assassinated. Three yeah. people walk up to her and say, "We take responsibility for his death." And all she can think about is how they look, how they're dressed, um, right. the, the scholarly. Um, she's dissecting them scholarly, thinking like this. This could inform a little bit about who they are and what kind of culture they have by the yeah. the beards and the you know the. Uh, and she's like, "Wait, stop it! I can't think about this stuff yet." Right, right, right. Right. You know, you know who has a little bit of that too is uh, is Kaladin. Right. In uh, in previous uh, in the previous book. Um, Kaladin would sort of, you know, think about uh, a, tra- a trajectory on how to save this person and that person. But, you know, really he needs to keep his mind on, you know, the battle right. or this at hand. That's but right. He can't help himself, yeah, right? he can't help so himself. So Yasna has, has, this, has this little bit. Stop it. She says, what, what, what did you say? Why would it be your fault, uh, Gangna? Gangnam because style? Because we hired... The, Whoop, Gangnam yeah, style. Yeah, Gangnam style. Because we hired the assassin, the Parshendi woman says... We killed your father, Yasna Kulin. So she's stunned. She says, yeah. you, why? Because it had to be done. But why? He fought for you. He kept the predators at bay. My father wanted peace. You monsters. Why would you betray us now? Of all times, Gangna drew her lips to a line. 
The song in her voice changed. She seemed almost like a mother, explaining something very difficult to a small child. Because your father was about to do something very dangerous. Hmm. Send for Bright Lord Dalinar, a voice says outside the hall. Storms, did, did, did my orders get to Elokar? The crown must be taken... Sorry, the, the, the crown prince must be taken to safety. This is Stadius stumbling yeah. into the room with yeah. a team of soldiers. Yeah, so he bursts in. What are the savages doing doing here? Storms, protect Princess Yasna. He's shouting out orders. The one who did this, he was in their retinue. Yeah, so he's he's pointing to the three um, Parshendi. Yeah. So he, the yeah. one who did this was with them, so... So how is he so sure? Like, was he there for this little admission? Well, he was there... You know what I mean? A couple things. Um, he, this, the um, Zeth was with the Parshendi, right? Um, in the first book, um, there's a part where he talks about being like around them as a servant. He was one of their, right. their servants or whatever. Right, um, right. So th- he was seen with them. And also he saw... Um, Sadius would have seen Zeth enter the room when they fled mm-hmm. when he was pretending to be Gavilar, right? Right. Right. I like how she uh, Yasna says, there will be war and I won't stand in the way of it kind of thing. Right. And then yeah. she's like, she's, this is understood. Not... This is the, the Parchendi lady says, this is understood. Right. I, I know that this is what's so crazy to me, but again, we find out why. Right. So, so these three Parshendi are just admitting this and taking the blame the assassin Yasna says he walked on the wall, uh, and and Gangna says nothing. In the shattering of her world, Yasna caught hold of this fragment. She had seen something tonight, yeah. something that should not have been possible. Did it relate to the strange spren, her experiences in that place of glass beads and a dark sky? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's really, 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 really cool. These questions became her lifeline for stability. Sadius demanded answers from the Parshendi leaders. He received none. And when he stepped up beside her and saw the wreckage below, he went barreling off, shouting for his guards and running down below to reach the fallen king. Hours later, it was discovered that the assassination and the surrender of the three Parshendi leaders had covered the flight of the larger portion of their numbers. Right. So a whole bunch of them got away. They es- and then they also took others with them. Yeah. They escaped the city quickly and the cavalry that Dalinar sent were destroyed. Yeah. A hundred horses with horses, men. Yeah. Each nearly priceless lost along with their riders. Right. The Parshendi leaders said nothing more and gave no clues, even when they were strung up and hanged for their crimes. Yasna mm-hmm. ignored all that. Instead, she interrogated the surviving guards on what they had seen. She followed leads about the now famous assassin's nature, prying information from Lys. She got almost nothing. Lys had owned him only a short time and claimed she didn't know, or she hadn't known, about his strange powers. Yasna couldn't find the previous owner. Next came the books, a dedicated, frenzied effort to distract her from what she had lost. That night, Yasna had seen the impossible, and she would learn what it meant. So her father gets assassinated. Everyone's worried about why they hired the assassin to kill her father, and she's like, I need to know more about the assassin. I saw him walk on walls and defy gravity. I need to know why. 
Right. And clearly she's traumatized by her father's death because it says, you know, they, um, a dedicated frenzy effort to distract her from what she had lost. So she's diving deep now into this research. Yep. And interviewing yeah. surviving guards and reading and she's going to literally read every book she can find about, you know, someone walking on walls probably. And where's the mourning? Um, maybe she doesn't mourn. Right. Well, perhaps, as, as we know, perhaps, um, perhaps that's the deal. Grief. It's just that grief is tough. Yeah. Everyone deals with it differently. Um, so, yeah. uh, it's, um, yeah. You know, so hers is the research method, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the end of the prologue. Yeah. Wowie zowie. What a great, uh, what a great introduction uh, yeah. to Words of Radiance. This is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your highlight um, of that prologue? Hmm. Well, my highlight is, like I mentioned before, um, Yasna mm. retracing Zeth's steps. But more on a macro yeah, level. That's cool. Yeah, the, the macro level is this of this is that we are re literally rereading the same prologue as last time, but through right. Yasna's eyes. I know. And I texted this to you uh, before, or like earlier today, when you said you were done the chapter, that we yeah. are Veristatalians. We are examining yeah. history with new eyes and seeing if we can yeah. divine anything out of that history. And that's yeah. literally what we just did. We literally just re experienced the same event again in a different way and now we have more right. information than we had the first time yeah. it's really cool yep. i'm enjoying it i think it's great what a great first little bit i um <clears throat> i think there's something there between gavilar and yasna hmm. that's my that's my hunch that there's like uh um that gav gavilar and something yasna some yep. mistrust, some mistrust. He feels distant from her, accusing her of being alone. He wants to set her up, but she won't. She's a heretic. I mean, it could be classic, like father my daughter, daughter stuff. is very well, well, not classic father daughter, but um, just classic in terms of it. It it could be just that she's different from him, and he doesn't really like it, right? And it's annoying. It is annoying. Um. So it, it could simply just be that. The only other thing is tying in with my, my theories with regards to uh, uh, who's really her father and all this kind of thing. And Dalinar and his ex mm-hmm. and not remembering and Adeline. And, I think that I there's, also, just... there's also a little bit here that um, amazingly complex characters can have some pretty mundane interactions with each other as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So like you say, it could be just something very mundane. It could just be yeah. that he wants her to live her life the way he wants her to, and she doesn't want right. to. And that's as far as it goes. <clears throat> and, and that it could, could mean a... way more too. There is a moment there though. You're right. Where even Yasna is like, my father looks suspicious of me for some reason, which is very odd. Right. So, but we know mm-hmm. that he had been acting strangely for the last few months. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. So we have He'd evidence of that as well. A different person. Mm-hmm. What a great intro. It is a great Fantastic. intro. Fantastic. A great Fantastic. intro deserves a great info dump. Well, well, let's, let's in, get into in, our, our info, info dump, dump of dump, words of radiance. Info dump. What have dump, you got, sir? What have you got? Dump, an info dump. dump. 
Um, I don't have much, to be honest. It was There was not a lot of info to dissect through this. But I also told mm. you before that as we start reading these books, we're probably going to have uh, the info mm-hmm. dump will be smaller and smaller because they did a lot right. of world building at the beginning and not so much now right. that we kind of know where right. we live, right? But right. Uh, So Elokar's wife is named Esudan, which is a um, tricky mm. word to uh, name to write. It's A-E-S-U-D-A-N, so it's a little tricky. Esudan. Um, um, for some reason, Yasna wants her dead. Um, I did write down Weevil Wax as well. Um, you mentioned mm-hmm. that earlier. That was uh, used to seal the envelopes, which On is really letter. cool. A little Two bit of Weevil Wax. And the other only <laughs> thing that I have here is that um, the word Bav has been mentioned a couple times in this prologue. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed that Lis could have been from Yakovid, from Alethi, or Bav. Actually, could or have been Bav. Bav. Yeah. And Bav is um, uh, the dialect they speak in Bavland. And uh, Bavland is a tiny little country that is actually situated within the borders of Yakovid. So if you look at a map, you'll be able to see it at the bottom of Yakovid over near the... Um, um, near the, the mountains that are there. Yarkovid, Bavland, got it, yeah. I'm it's just it. a tiny, yeah. tiny little place. Yeah. yeah. So, that is the info dump. Um, well, 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 well. Yeah, if, uh, um, we're going to do the next two chapters, I believe. I am not 100% Ooh. sure of that. I will have to do some more research, but I will let you know uh, sometime okay. in the next couple of days. I think the first chapter is actually quite long. Yeah, it's 12 pages. Yeah, so it might be... We might want to do just the one chapter. I do want to do twos, because we don't want this uh, this season to be like 65 <laughs> episodes long. 65 episodes. We yeah. might just have to be less chatty and just get to the good stuff. And uh, Let's do it. Yeah, so... um, Be, yeah. be a little more succinct. Yes. Um, if you yes. want to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash heroes of... Our Patreon team is the best team in the world. The best. We love you Thank guys you so, so much. much. Thanks for everything you guys do for us, and we are going to try to do as much stuff for you. Um, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, if you want to be able to access this side weekend show that we do called Ugly Mugs, um, just head over to um, patreon.com slash heroes of and uh, sign up for the Patreon team, and you'll be able to enjoy that stuff too. Um, if you want to support the show indirectly, you can do so by rating and reviewing anytime you can, or just tell your friends that uh, you, you know, oh, I found this really new podcast that these two really uh, cool sounding guys from up north who like talk about books, uh, specifically one book. Um, okay. I'm, tell all uh, your friends. I'm ranting. Tell now. the whole bunch. Just, just tell everybody. Tell your kids to I listen to I just had a hippopotamus for lunch. Oh, wow. If you want to reach out and talk to us, you can do so uh, through email at heroesofacathra at gmail.com. You can reach out on Twitter at heroes of one. Um, search for us on uh, Instagram at the storm pod, which is always the best place to find me. I'm, uh, mm-hmm. I reach out quite a lot on there and uh, that's it. Um, I, uh, I'm really happy that we're back at it. Um, we took a couple weeks off from the books and, uh, we hope that you are back with us now. Um, after our little break, if you, um, love us, tell us cause we love you. Uh, we, uh, thank you very much for listening and until next time. Take care, everybody. The storm pod is brought to you by heroes of music and theme song by Jack Forrest productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the heroes of Akathra.